Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for your baby in more ways than one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am super excited to do a slightly different episode of the Love Is Coming podcast with you today. Um, We're gonna be approaching dating and relationships from a slightly different angle to how I normally do. And we have not prepared for this, so I'm interested to see where it's gonna go. You will see what I'm talking about very shortly. I'm talking to the lovely Ed Smith. Now, Ed is going to intro himself because he is a man of many talents and many different skills and um, um, I wasn't say occupations, but that's not really what I mean. What do I mean? Yeah, occupations. Occupations. What is that? (laughs) Hobbies. Hobbies. (laughs) Locations. Talents. Let's do talents and you intro yourself because I did an absolutely shocking job of that. No, it's, it's, hey, thanks for having me, um, Persia. So, you know, um, my name is Ed. Um, I got into the coaching space really, really, really young. So really excited to talk about, you know, connection and talk about how you can practically apply it to your, your life right now. If you are single and you're looking for love, then that's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different sort of podcast to, to what I normally get interviewed on, which is awesome. Um, so I got into coaching. I tried to kill myself when I was really young. I jumped in front of a train and I got pulled back. Um, so I got a second chance of life. And then I found myself um, on, a, on a different, very different journey to most people. I think 1996, I started, I started a coaching practice when I told, was told that, you know, I didn't have the skills and, and I, I really didn't. So, um, you know, I took that on board. I got three A's, three E's at school. So I'd, I'd, I'd properly failed at school. Um, and then I just started kind of like practicing what I was learning from a self-learning perspective. And I didn't even realize I, I was doing anything that special because that's just something I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the coaching journey and I enjoyed, you know, learning about myself and then, you know, setting myself free. And then it was kind of a natural progression to start doing the same for others. I started in a gym and then helping people and initially with fitness and then the majority of my clients were female um, because I'd, I'd, the first sort of kind of major superstar uh, lady that I'd had lost 10 stone. And, you know, so I attracted a load of more um, ladies in the same sort of position. As a byproduct of that, I, 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 you know, I think like anything, you do it for a period of time. I was probably seven years in fitness. And then I started kind of moving into a different space. So, you know, it was more emotionally based coaching. Um, so I started renting a room in uh, Wimple Street at the time, doing more, you know, talk therapy, behavioral, behavioral um, CBT sort of stuff. 
around depression and around emotions that led me to more relationship therapy, which I did for seven, eight years again, um, helping specifically couples reignite their passion. Um, and, I, and I took them through a process where you don't actually have to even have your couple. You, don't, you, you could work on one partner, um, which was really, you know, I think a lot of people like that, so they didn't have to bring someone with them. Um, and that was to have, you know, uh, you know, again, loads of people said I was unqualified. I was, I was not in a relationship. I was, I was not married. Um, and then I moved into more corporate coaching, more corporate consulting off the back of that, where the Hilton was one of our clients. Um, and then I, I scaled up our consultancy agency into kind of social media, digital sort of, um, stuff, uh, and then, um, you know, I started putting online courses. I wrote a couple of different books. I've created over 24 different online courses today. Um, and I, I just love information. I, I, it's actually no different to what I started at. It's just helping people with information and then just leveraging the tools that are available today. And, um, you know, just enjoying the, the journey, really. So, yeah, there you go. There you That's go. In a it. nutshell, I would never have been able to remember all of that. You really, you really have done so much. And what I really like about you, Ed. So we came into each other's world. I remember first I was listening to you on um, Clubhouse because you know um, my coach and friend Shah Wasmond. So you came into our mastermind and you did some coaching and and you shared the story about um, how you tried to kill yourself when when you were younger and and I just I think it's firstly so important um, that women hear men's vulnerability in this area because I can't tell you the number of women who come to work with me and they really have these stories that all men are assholes and don't care and just treat women like shit and they don't understand that men have their own struggles to contend with particularly in the modern world in the same way us women do and it's really you know this episode is called how to attract your perfect match and you know obviously your experience working with with couples um with women trying to to lose weight with corporate you know in corporate so many different sort of iterations but all of them as you said it's the same thing it's helping someone achieve a result and and I think it's so important that men and women are having these conversations together you know I interview a lot of women on this podcast but I love speaking to men and getting another perspective because I know how powerful it will be for women listening to hear a man being open and vulnerable and sharing his truth and and what what's worked for you what hasn't worked for you what you've struggled with and what you've seen work for your clients so I kind of feel like that's maybe a good place to start is uh, is maybe when it comes to attracting a right match, a lot of women think that men are not interested really in love. They're not really interested in that deep connection, that soulful relationship that so many women are, are very open about wanting. Is that true, firstly? <laughs> everyone wants love, you know, like everyone, that, that's the only reason, that's the, the, like the most important th thing that, we're all searching for um I, I just think you know like sometimes you know we we can get confused in the process um but yeah everyone wants wants deep meaningful connection with someone else otherwise there's you know there's no point in living um and there's no point or purpose or reason to to life you know at the end of the day no one cares how much money you've made or what house you live in or where you live or how many businesses you had that's irrelevant all that matters at the end is the love that you gave, whether that's to your friends or, 
to, to your partner or whatever that may be. But yeah, it's the most important component. To, to answer your question, like, mm. um, I think you, you said, like, uh, you know, w- women need to hear that men's vulnerability. For, but you've got to understand, like, you know, women are a stronger, that they are a stronger sex, right? Which I don't think is, they, they, they don't hear that enough. Like, men are emotionally unstable. You, and that's, that's not, that's not um, just, that's stats, that's proven. <laughs> um, that's proven in the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, three out of four suicides are men right which means that they're emotionally mm. unstable because they can't deal with that and yes they don't express it but it doesn't mean that they're not uh dealing with it uh, sorry they're not suffering with it they suffer in silence which means that it's even more emotionally unstable <laughs> um you know i grew up with a father told me you know boys don't cry so continually try to hold it in and when you hold anything in it's going to express i was just very lucky i think to you know i spent you know, I was raised by my mum. So I've got, you know, a good balance of, um, you know, feminine energy within me. And was, I was totally comfortable expressing who, who I was because, I, because I'd had such a bad experience. And then, um, I, you know, I think if anyone goes out and gets help and then finds some good people to help them, then they start to realise actually expressing your emotions is the key <laughs> you know like if you just express it a little mm. bit more then after a while it's no longer entrapping you to that experience and so therefore you know like mm. talking about it is actually sets you free and so once you start to have an avenue of that then you know everything's pretty cool in life <laughs> and how do you think that women can best support men in that and I'm not just talking about in a in um, always a romantic context I'm talking brother sister um friends you know um child whatever whatever the relationship is because I and I can say from personal experience I have and so many women I know like you know we see we can tell we're very intuitive beings we can tell that the guy is suffering and struggling and us women have this need to you know we always say that men have this need to fix but when we, when women see a man, God, it makes me emotional saying it, but when, you know, I've, I've, I've had friends who have, um, been on the brink of suicide, tried to kill themselves, guy friends of mine. Um, and it's, it's definitely been more common in my experience than, than women, um, doing that as the statistics, statistics show. And us women, we, we, we want to get the guy to talk. And I see, I've seen this in myself in relationships. I can see you're being weird. You're being quiet. What are you going on? What's, and, and the more, I've done that the more the man closes up and I wondered you know what what is a way that we can support men when it's clear that they're going through something you know I, I think it's um like like services that you provide like like understanding around male and feminine is just really really important um and I think you know you've got to do your reading around it you know that you know to make sure that you understand you know, men and understand, you know, men need to understand women, they need to read, (laughs) they need to Mm -hmm. educate themselves and vice versa. You know, like, if both parties are willing to, you know, take a journey on like, what, what, what is the female, you know, how can I understand that this incredible female brain more, and then vice versa, the same. And and I think that there's, you know, you'll read different sorts of stats. The, The goal, I believe, is for a relationship is to have your partner as a self-fulfilled entity so that they are in of themselves 
you know, a unit that doesn't need you. That's that's how I like to look at it. But together, you're stronger. Um, and the you know the synergy of you together is you, you complement. Like I'm not, I don't like the other half, right? I don't like the concept of the other half because the other half is, mm-hmm. you know, comes from Greek myth. I'm sure sure you know that Zeus was sitting on the top, throwing down lightning bulbs to to stop the humans realizing how incredible they were. So he split them up. So they'd spend the rest of their life trying to find the other half. Um, mm. you know, Hel- hence Greek- codependency. <laughs> <laughs> and Greek, because that Greek coin, you know, that was that eight people, you know, t- two two legs, two arms, two. Um, but um, I think I, I think just understanding what, what each other is going through. So so opening up a space to inquire on, like, you know, just to, to build up a conversational style of, you know, being okay to express yourself. And I, and I think both male and female ha- have different ways of doing that, like understanding the difference between, you know, a male needs to understand the difference between problem solving and airing, right? Airing and just venting doesn't require, are you airing or venting? It just let it out. doesn't require any problem solution here. And, and male brain goes into, hang on a minute, let me just solve the problem. You know, we don't need that problem solved. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's critically understanding the differences between how, how we, how we are and, you know, finding, finding a balance and finding, you know, you you know, finding your values that suit you and all of that. I think relationships are a fascinating uh, concept today. I do think, um, off the back of, you know, COVID, it's going to be very exciting to see where the stats go from here. (laughs) Um, and I think your services are probably very needed. Thank you. Well, I've certainly had a busy year. I'll, I'll say that lightly. It's interesting. I actually interviewed someone uh, for eHarmony, the dating site, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, eHarmony is all about getting the data. And they've done, they've found some fascinating stuff over the last year. And, you know, one of the most, for me, the most interesting things is is that, uh, and it's it's pretty obvious that, it's made people want to be in relationships more because that's what crisis will do, you know, and I'm sure there'll be a huge baby boom that, that we will see from this, like, like happened with the war. And, um, I, I'm interested to understand your thoughts on, uh, something I get asked all of the time, like what it's actually a chapter in a book I'm working on at the moment, uh, the elastic band theory when it comes to, to men, like needing, um, needing that space and needing their time away and us women so often because it feels like oh they're pulling away which triggers our uh, abandonment sort of wound uh, especially if we've had some some difficult things with our father for whatever reason whether our parents divorced whether like me you know my parents were both drug addicts and so uh, it was really uh, that, that abandonment thing was was obviously very strong in me um, and when when a man pulls away that can get triggered in the woman and so what she wants to of, often do is close that gap and go to the man um i've actually by the way experienced feeling like the man a lot of the time in in my relationships you know wanting really needing my own space and i can't deal with it when a man can be just too much and too overwhelming and too besotted and and you know that i find that quite triggering as well i've certainly identified uh with a lot of typically male behaviors like you know my past cheating, uh, you know, very destructive behavior that's typically more associated with the masculine. Um, but what what are your thoughts around this idea of the last elastic band theory when it comes to 
the dynamic between a man and a woman? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's um, it's it's understanding the 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 kind of concept of it first of all, um, and and I you know sometimes I do think I think Persia sometimes it's easy for you know like I do think there's you know what you're saying the male and the the, the female right it's also to to note that that can still have within which just does make it a little bit more complicated a male with a female energy and a female with a male energy so when we're saying like just which i'm sure you got um but you know sometimes within that context people are saying oh it's just male or females but it Mm -hmm. it it has you know because i know some you know i think a lot of guys are very very needy very very Mm -hmm. needy and Mm -hmm. actually when you actually like look it, it's kind of I, I don't like to go into whether it's girl or guy I think it's it's just a behavioral pattern is how I yeah. personally look at it I think if someone's pulling away from you then allow them allow them the space that they require but again it's it's still it's still having the conversation without it becoming this big thing like we're meaning makers at the end of the day life is life is just you know constantly I still do. I still do like one-to-one therapy for relationships. It's w- the weirdest thing because obviously I'm in the business context space, but those those that mm-hmm. like get to know me through my mastermind tend to hire me for mm-hmm. relationships. It's very interesting. Um, so I'm helping a, a guy mm-hmm. at the moment who's super successful, and it's like this is the area that he struggles with the most. He's so mm-hmm. he's so easily upset by her behavior and and i'm like mm. you know i have to keep on reminding him that he's coming across like a five-year-old um and so therefore it i think everything is contextual dependent but as a as an over mm. over overriding you know pattern notice if someone is really putting away from you okay and if that is the case and just talk about it like is, is this you know do you need more freedom um, I just want to let you know I'm here, and 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 you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that does take a little bit of practice. It's it's not something that, especially, you know, we've all been over needy, right? I remember I had such a bad bad experience from. Um, I remember having a relationship with this this girl who, you know, she said I was all closed down, all of that, all that, and I was like 24 at the time, so I I really took it on. I was like. I, I really thought I was open. Okay, no, you're not. Okay, fine. Okay, next relationship. <laughs> Let's practice the opposite. <laughs> and you know, I remember meeting a girl, taking on a couple of dates, and then was like, "I love you." <laughs> and then she never called. <laughs> you me went the back. other extreme. <laughs> yeah, she went to Miami for it Christmas, happens. and that was it. I was just like, "Where have you gone?" <laughs> Blocked phone. <laughs> Um, and so I, th- I think I think you have to you have to sit in those relationships and you have to you have to look at a relationship as a as a I don't mean this in a nasty way but like a training concept it's like training you to yeah. become more open it's training you to be- become more loving it's training you to become more available for your partner and actually on that you know that ties in with something I really believe in and talk about a lot in my work okay is if you knew that you were going to do the Olympics, you know that there's some there's some training involved <laughs> before you're going to get there on the day. People know if they're going to start a business, they're going to need, most people know, 
they're going to need to probably invest in some kind of training, even if it's just, you know, they don't have the money to spend a lot on it. They know that they've got to take some action there. And it still boggles my mind. And yet I, I did it myself. How much people feel entitled. I, I, I feel entitled to the relationship. And it's like, we're all entitled to an amazing relationship. But you've got to understand if you want to have a healthy relationship. I don't know if you are, personally. You know, you, know, you don't think so. Who you think we're all entitled to love? No. Tell right. We'll, we'll put a pin in that. Tell me more. <laughs> um, I just don't. You're not. You have to be willing to work for it. It doesn't mean you you can gain it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you have to be willing to put the work in to get love. It's it's no different to happiness. No, mm-hmm. n- not everyone is just. You, you have to happiness and you know love is is an adjective you have to mm-hmm. add you actually have to it's an adverb sorry you, you have to do it in order to get it you just don't mm-hmm. you can't say i deserve it i i i agree with you kind of half i think what i believe as just by our birthright as humans we are all entitled to love but at the same time i feel like that if you, if you're not starting from a place of loving and respecting yourself, then then you, there's just no way that you're going to different contexts of love. Like as a, a baby deserves love because yeah. yes, you know it's born from love. Yeah. Right? So I get the context yeah. of that for sure. But you mean when it comes the, to the, having that healthy relationship? Ha, you, yeah, it's, I suppose it in, in the context of a relationship. Does does everyone deserve a loving relationship? And not if they're behaving like an asshole, no. <laughs> Is that exactly. right? Okay. Yeah, and okay. so so you, you have to look at look at what you're putting out. You know, like yeah, yeah. Are, are you as a human? Yeah, of course. Again, but it's just that contextual. If you're willing to put in the good work, you yeah. know, like you deserve to to get great love back. Yeah, and I've, I this is what's so frustrating for me to see so many. Um, obviously, in my experience, women, but I'm sure it's the, true of men as well, um, who are just like. I want a relationship. I want a relationship. They're not willing to do anything except for bitch and moan about what a victim they they've are and how TikTok, they've been right? treated. They've been on TikTok. They've, they've watched a couple of videos. It's all good. They know how to do it. <laughs> they think it's they like, got it down. <laughs> yeah, they got it down. It's like it's like flying a plane. You know, you've you you figured out. You watched a YouTube video. It's all going to be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. You don't need it's... someone there sitting. You know, helping you. You know, understand. And actually, yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, it's rela- so frustrating. Re- yeah, relationships is 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 uh, mastery. You know, it's 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 the it's the holy grail of life, and and so therefore, you know, what you're investing is is communicational skills, which you know will internally, you know, give you a sense of uh, fulfillment that's far beyond anything else you can purchase. So yeah, I've 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 done ton. I, I mean, I was reading relationship books around marriage when I wasn't married um because i mm-hmm. i wanted to get like a you know I, I found it relationships are fascinating as you know like when you put two people together especially if you're trying to heal a rift it's like proper entertainment at a whole different level it's like theater <laughs> but real and yeah. when people are willing to put down when when people are willing to put down the masks and admit that there's lying going on it's just incredible and and stand into an authentic self um, because look, there's no judgment. I'm not. I'm just human beings. You know, are no, notoriously inauthentic, and I think that's just the human, you know, position. And you know, the goal of life, I believe, is to consistently find where you're being inauthentic and just 
reinstall that um, so that your word says what you you say you're going to do. And don't think I haven't been here. Believe me, I you know I think some of the biggest challenges that I've come to in life is 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 working, and I'm still work in progress. You know, I said yesterday I was going to have a really great lean day, for example, and then you know I'm looking after my parents who have got dementia at the moment, and then you know someone dropped over like half half a loaf of like this sourdough bread and you smash it up and you're like why am I eating that like that's that's that was an inauthentic Monday (laughs) smashing up and I don't think there's levels of that but it doesn't it doesn't matter you know like continually restoring so that you say that you're going to do what you're going to do and if you can become that Mm -hmm. person for your partner I think you know whether you get married or not I don't think matters today um but whatever you design, as long as it works for you, whatever whatever you believe. Mm. I think um, you know, I'm working on this book at the moment that's coming out this summer, and it's it's divided into three sections. The first that's is exciting. heal. <laughs> the three sections. <laughs> no, so no, the first really section. What's the title going to be? Uh, the title of the book is called "Love Is Coming," and the subtitle is "How to Find Real Love in a Superficial World." And the yeah, the way that I'm writing it is it's not in any way like a normal self-help book. I had a book come out in 2016, which was more of a self-help book, but it was very much story-based. I used to be an actress. What was that called? That's called The Inner Fix. You can get it on Amazon and bookshops. Um, okay. And I was, I'm really proud of that book. I absolutely loved it. And um, I, you know, I, I would identify most, even over a business owner, anything as a storyteller. I mean, we're all storytellers, but that's very much in um, in terms of my vocation. I've, I've, that's all I know, really. And so I didn't want to, you know, if you want to get the the um, results, I absolutely believe like you either need to work with me one to one or do a program where it's you've got more accountability, you've got the community, all of that sort of thing. But with the book, what I wanted to do was I. I wanted people to resonate because I know the books that have most changed my life are the books. It's those books where I, you see yourself in them, whether it's through the character, the story, the situation, the ones that make you laugh, that cry, all of that sort of thing. And so I have written essentially stories from my own experience. Um, There's a few client bits in there and and my partners, but uh, the first section is heal. The second is attract and the last is commit. And it is so fascinating to me because because women will come to me and what they want to know is, how do I attract him? I just want to know. That's all I need to know. And when I tell them, I can tell you the secret to attracting the guy and you can attract someone like that. But let me tell you, you will lose them like that. You will either sabotage it, you will attract the wrong one, whatever it is. Because if you haven't done that work on yourself, this goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning, Ed, you know, becoming a fully fledged person in your in your in yourself so that, you know, I... Because of growing up with addiction, I was so codependent and I so needed that romantic validation constantly. But the minute I got it, then I was like repulsed and I can't deal with it because I couldn't deal with love. You know, I talk about in my book one of, and it, you know, it sounds strange to say it, but how painful I have found it to be loved, which is not something that gets talked about very often. Um, mm. Terrifying because it's that if I let you love me and then you go, for whatever reason I will not be able to handle it that was always that was the belief so I would either go for the bad boys who I knew it was there was never going to really be that chance Mm. where I'd have to risk real love 
And then I'd get burned by them. So I'd look for the closest nice guy around. And then that nice guy would give me that confidence back. And then soon enough, I'll get bored of him. And I and it was just this vicious cycle. And it was horrific. So I knew how to attract the guy from a very young age. But that I needed to heal all those old wounds and all those stories. And then the next part is... Once you, I mean, you, that's an ongoing thing. That's never done. We're, we're always healing. But you get to a point where you've healed enough and you know yourself enough that you are ready to attract in that relationship. What's been so interesting for me, because I thought it was just me that struggled with this, but now I've worked with so many clients who've, who've gone on to attract their, their life partner, it's the commit bit. The commit bit is the hardest bit of all because that is where the real shit <laughs> starts coming up. Like shit that you didn't even think you had, shit that you thought or you thought you'd work through and dealt with. The committing is really, really scary. And I just wondered if you had what your thoughts or experience was that whether in your own personal life or in your, you know, in your practice working with couples or clients over the years. Well, how to get someone to commit. Not how <laughs> so, to get them to commit, the, the, the struggle what, what? that comes. So you get the, basically what I'm saying is you get the thing you think you want. People think, I just want mm. to attract the person. And what I say to them is, I'm telling you now, even if you or when you do, you will have a whole heap of new shit that you will have to deal with. And that shit will be even harder than right now. You think the hardest thing is you being single and not having that partner. Mm. This is getting deep. I like it. Um, you know it, it starts for me personally it, it would start with like their daily practice you know like looking like that that's you know commitment used to be this thing that I used to be really scared of um, and I think a lot of guys that that is a little like my god commitment what does that even mean and so I think it's you know, like, can, can you commit to daily actions? Right. So, so I break up just, I have like a, a coaching methodology, which people become a coach through the, through the process, but it's really simple in terms of, it's just like four compact, your four accounts. And I think most people are very, very good on three of those accounts. But it's when we're talking about the love account, all right. So number one being your emotional well being, your your, you know, your meditations, your mantras, all of that sort of journalizing. I think a lot of people are really cool with that. You know, yeah, I've been doing it, doing it. The energy account, going to the gym, not going to the gym, walking, whatever you're doing, eating a certain way, green, lean, no wheat, dairy, sugar free, all of that. I think people are really good at that. Impact, which is your fourth account, um, grinding your business, hustling, career, whatever it may be, you know, audio. But when it comes to your love account, that's where I find most people, they 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 don't have daily practice, right? So we're talking simple things like if whether you're working on your, you know, your personal relationship or it's just relationships outside of your personal, right? And that's that's like a daily text or a message or a uh, call or, you know, just, just practicing and, you know, I think a lot of people find that, oh, that, that's weird. It's, well, again, it's like we're just used to very much like the normal things of these habits. But when it's actually like when with your love account, there's some people within your life that they'll say, oh, yeah, I know I love you. But do you actually actively put into that account on a daily basis? So whether you have a whether you have a partner or not, it doesn't matter. You know, if you have a partner, mm -hmm. then great. Build on that partner. And so that there's equity in that account every single day, little notes, like 
you know little thoughtful things um and and you know like you know i've tasked i've tasked people 90 days to find a ways to give to their partner right different ways and they're like you know past 10 days they're like oh my god i'm done and i'm like i'm not talking about mm. buying loads of things i'm not talking about taking you know a holiday uh, I'm, I'm talking about how can you give to someone with your full way of being whether it's listening to them and just just you know like embodying really going into like i really appreciate you because you know i really appreciate you because and start focusing on building your mind up of all the amazing things that that person does i believe if you can if you can get grounded on your daily commitments then you know, once once I started looking at that and I tested it with a lot of guys, then the fear of that commitment kind of like goes away because you're designing your relationship on your terms and not, you know, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of like, I, I, I don't judge anyone's religion or whatever they want to believe. That's totally cool. You know, you can believe whatever you want. Um, I just, I just think, you know, like I, I'm here to help you make your life work. And I, I've, I had for many, many years, people come with very strict ways of thinking that life had to be. And, and I think mm -hmm. if you are fulfilling someone else's idea of what your relationship should be, or what your religion says that your relationship should be, um, I just, I find that difficult to find happiness for you or help you find where you're already, you know, like I had a, um, I had a, I had a, a guy come to me um, who who wanted me to. I had this f uh, video go viral on YouTube um, probably about twelve years ago, and I was doing just CBT at the time, and it was a stutter, and it wasn't like any it wasn't vocal techniques. It was just purely like talking about the belief and breaking a belief. And as a byproduct, you can see the difference. But I had like hundreds of people come to me trying things saying things like you know my parents want me to stop being gay stop me being gay <laughs> you know, like in the could the stop being stop my son from being gay session and i was like shit this is never going to go down <laughs> and um you know like mm. let's have one session with your son and let's have 10 with you um and we can we can yeah. find a way that you're comfortable with him being gay um, so in fact, we have eradicated the problem because there wasn't a problem. Um, and so I just think mm -hmm. as long as you're designing your commitments around what, and I do think we live in a very different world today where, you know, people, people need the skills around it rather than, you know, like the, just because I'm a certain age, then I need this just because my friends have yeah. doing this. Um, this is what I need. I, I think, I think it's actually understanding really what drives you and, and there's nothing wrong with whatever you want to design from your life you know do it however you want it to do yeah that's my thought daily I commitments agree. i think daily commitments and what i really heard from that is like and what i definitely believe from my own experiences when you commit to you firstly then you take the fear out of that oh my god because commitment it's like <gasps> It's like, oh my God, it's forever. And you know, that can bring so much. But I like to also break it down to daily. So you start by committing daily to you, like you were saying. I love those different accounts. You've got the emotional well-being, the the energy, the impact, and the love account. So take I hope you're taking notes if you're listening. 
Um, and and listen, whether and I love also that you said it doesn't matter if you're single or not because you have people in your life that you love. Like I I realized when I was writing my first book how much I'd been someone I was like, yeah, no, I love my family, I love my family, and I realized. I speak to my family the least out of anyone. I speak to people <laughs> I go partying with more and I don't really give a shit. I don't give a shit about them, but you know, they're not, they're not people that I love. This is sort of me a long time ago. And, and I realized I had to show up in a different way. And I think that instead of, you know, we are as humans, we are always obsessed with onto the next thing, needing that thing we don't have and how fleeting it is when, you know, we say we want something, we attract that in, we get it. And before we know it, it's like the novelty wears off and we want the next thing. And mm. so it's like, you know, really going back to appreciating what you already have. I love this quote, and I wish I could remember who said it, but I can't, um, story of my life. But it's that quote of the secret to life is wanting what you have. And I thought that really struck me because, you know, it really it's gratitude, isn't it? It's gratitude, but there's something about the desire because mm. this goes back to relationships, that idea of, you know, we always want the guy we can't have or the girl we can't have. But, mm. and, and so yes, many yes. relationships struggle because, you know, after a period of time that, you know, the intensity of that desire wears off. And so either you start looking about to get that sort of adrenalized hit elsewhere, but actually you've got to come back to, and I remind myself like how much desire there is at the beginning and how much I wanted this and realize that, you know, I have it now, but I, I have to, it's not because it's, the issue is not between us. The issue is that my perception of the relationship is different because I've got the story now of oh we've been together for years and now it's all got a little bit lazy and easy and comfortable it's like slipping into an old pair of slippers and it's like you and and then it can become really easy when we're talking about commitment of like well they need to do something to change the fact that I'm feeling bored or you know lethargic or whatever not inspired by this relationship it's like no you have to change it within yourself and when you change that within yourself and you bring something like you give something then it can't not change the dynamic you know there's mm. that that quote from a course in miracles that says only what we are not giving can be lacking in any situation Mm. love that only what we are not giving yeah, you in any situation so good um i want to circle back to because obviously this episode is called how to attract your perfect match now you have so much experience in terms in well in in obviously both the relationship and the business world of attracting a perfect match perfect fit in terms of you know whether that's clients or partner whatever before we delve into that what what would you in your maybe even in your business experience think a perfect match is in terms of a client and a uh what's the what's the opposite of a client a client <laughs> and a clienty no mentor mentee mentor there you go <laughs> <laughs> ideal <laughs> client um yeah i think it's good to have an idea of of like what that person is and what that person isn't is there you know i'm not a massive fan of the perfect um because I think we are in, imperfect and mm -hmm. those imperfections make us different and that's all good. Like that per that that per that person that you meet that's amazing is gonna have multiple flaws and yep. that's amazing. As we and have to, too. Yeah, as we all have. Like it's just a matter of time before you see them. Um so I, I think just yeah, I mean having having a clear understanding of kind of who who it who it is that you want. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, I know sometimes writing a list gets a bad rep, but I, I think it's, I think it's important to like have an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
but be more proactive in that process rather than I think we live in a world where it's too easy to get critically evaluate someone on their on their pictures or what their bio says or and so therefore you know I'm I'm into you know multiple you know increase the amount of people that you meet if if that's what you're you know what I would what I used to suggest back in the day is increase your amount of of meetings so therefore you know run it like a a funnel system put three not 300 but like a larger amount in the top and then start diversifying and spe- you know specifically deciding or deciding on that person that you find is easy to give to you know mm-hmm. a critical that's, component hold on, being, I need to stop you there. that's really interesting that's really interesting i've never heard it said like that the person that you feel it's easy to give to what do you mean by that because if again like most people sit there and think i need to find someone you know what can i get from that person mm-hmm. and, and then it's 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 all you know that's that's all the wrong chi if, if you're both sitting there going oh my god I, you know i love i love giving to you because and then if if that's your argument you have no it's my turn to give to you no i gave you gave yesterday like i want to take you here no no i'm taking you here like that's a great argument Mm-hmm. rather than you know what can i what can i get it's just a completely different way of thinking a different world a different you know and, and you can see reciprocation keeps on you know reciprocation is a super powerful universal law you can tell very quickly whether someone is going to be reciprocation re- reciprocal of 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 giving and mm-hmm. I, I get people are hurt i get people have been through that etc but it's like yeah, I mean, if, if if you if you find yourself, you know, constantly, it's just very difficult to enjoy, you know, company with someone that's constantly worried about. Uh, are they gonna? Are they gonna? You know, what can I get? You know, I'm worried about this, and so I think it is just as as you get older in life, you have to just let go and just accept it. And and I know I said that story earlier, but like it was freeing, you know, like to, for me to give and just. I much preferred, you know, people sometimes pick that story apart saying, oh my God, like, did you then become like a rock and never express your emotions? No, I just, I just kept on expressing myself and because it was much better because, okay, yeah, I expressed Mm -hmm. within three, three dates that I really, I genuinely felt like she was amazing. It's not my fault she got scared. Mm -hmm. Like, but I don't want to change Mm -hmm. that because then I'm going to be locked up again and, you know, like that's not that's not who I am as an individual, and you know, like I, th- I think it's important to express how you feel, and it's it's not a big problem. And if if someone doesn't want that, I remember, you know, I took this girl to an amazing don. It's called Don's Lenoir. It's in the dark, and it's like um, it's in central oh, London. I, ne- I used to live around the corner from there, and I never went. Oh my god, it's amazing! I remember, and she she she, uh, you know, I was. I just I, I just went to kiss her and she was like, no, you must never kiss me in front of public people. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> like, and, you know, that, that relationship d- didn't last because she, she didn't like a public display of affection. And I was like, I, I can't help how I feel mm-hmm. about you. And if, if I'm going to hold your mm-hmm. hand and kiss you and then you're going to say that you don't want me to do that, it, you know, like, it just... That I totally appreciate everyone's different worlds and views, but that that's that's not who I'm going to spend my time with because I I can't then like spend my life not 
expressing who, because I think you're amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it in front of your parents if that makes you feel uncomfortable. I get it, but like not not when you're just walking around. <laughs> but I think you have to find. So would you say with that in that situation, it's it wasn't the right match because. Uh, and I, you know, I, I just want to take on board yeah. what you said earlier. Like uh, I, I called I, this I how, how to attract a perfect match, but really, it's it's brackets imperfect match because we are all imperfect, and nothing is perfect, uh, and nothing is seamless. And you know, um, and that's actually what makes uh, relationships beautiful, as I've discovered um, over the years with my fiance is when we fall out over something we'll have or butt heads over something and and work through that process and we've got it we've mastered it down to half an hour now used to be days because i you know i very much learned that trick of passive aggression that many women employed in um over the years and uh know how how much it can be harmful to a man and and really really hurt them um and i don't do that shit anymore i don't i'm not interested in having arguments that last days but i think it's important to to sort of mm talk it through whatever go through the process um as a side note but I think I I like what you were saying there is like when you know who you are and you know what your values are and what's important to you and so clearly for you there it's like when I feel strongly about a woman or um or anyone I want to feel like it's safe to express myself because that's who I am and that feels good to me and if that doesn't work for her the, the the option is I can either mold myself to that or I can just go, this isn't a perfect, this isn't the right match for me. It's not compatible. But what? where does that sit when it, with compromising? Hmm. I mean, but, but again, it's like, you know, compromise, compromising, then some people are going to give that off the back of that a different meaning. Oh, now we're, you know, you have to you have to find your you know your 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 yin and yang into that you know and, and there is no there is no black and white answer there has to be just like you just said with your partner you have to find that balance right and you 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 have to give and take you know this is a this is a game of you know playing playing you know catch in the garden right it's throwing the ball to each mm-hmm. other and you have to adapt and you know, there's certain things where, you know, like if you throw the ball too hard, they just can't catch it, right? It's just the way mm-hmm. it is, you know, and if they throw it and it's not, it's just too far away from you, you can't catch it. And so therefore there has to be an adaptability to life. And, and, and mm-hmm. people aren't comfortable with adaptability because they live in very fixed views of life. And so I think as you get older, which has just been an amazing part of getting older is is realizing that, you can have multiple contexts, you know, do you want to, you know, certain situations when people are arguing, like, like my partner, we have a successful business together. And there's times where she's super freaking all over the place because of it's her, it's her business, but it's not because of what's happening between us. And so it's, it's knowing the the Mm. difference between what's really truly happening. Plus she also has a lot of stress from her family. And so therefore it's, it's, you know, like it's, it's there's multiple things all all going on at different stages of, of life and so therefore i think it's it's just being present to is is this is this what's happening now versus you know like not you know creating huge meanings to things but i i look at i think mm-hmm. life is is constantly like i've just spilled all of this turmeric on the floor 
and it's in my it's in my parents' house, and my mom's like literally just can't get over it. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to say, mom. Like, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. You know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to hire a cleaner to come in, and she just can't deal with it. She just can't get over it. Mm. And um, if mm-hmm. my dad were to to know that, he would also not get over it. And you know, certain people have certain contexts where they're just like unbelievably inflexible. Whereas um, yeah. there are many situations where I could I could label something else that would normally like be really you think oh, okay they'd probably have a real problem with that no not no problem so what what do I what do I want you to get from that is I, th- I think everything is contextual dependent and you have to like yeah and and that's what's beautiful about a relationship is it is a constant test for the rest of your life and it never stops and that's that's a good thing because it keeps you operating in life you know as soon as you start to think oh my god my relationship doesn't need any work or that's when it's over (laughs) that's when it's dead yeah it's like we know it when it comes to business that we always want to be growing and expanding and there's always going to be new things to learn it really is both business and relationship yeah absolutely i um it's interesting what you said there about the work thing because I, I've actually recently started going to Workaholics Anonymous because I realized, ah, oh, it's, it's so interesting, the things you can learn about yourself. You think, there can't be anything else I don't know. I've done so much therapy and so much work. <laughs> and then you just think, oh, the rug was completely pulled out from under me because uh, my first response to the trauma of growing up in addiction um, was, was actually, I thought it was a sex and love addiction and it wasn't. It was work addiction from like six years old nice. or even younger, having to be the best. And the hard thing about that, this is going to be relevant in a minute, the hard thing about so, so hold on just so you 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 went there because because you believed yourself addicted to work because of how i was my relationship with work very and, good yeah my relationship and the really hard thing about this is this is the one area <laughs> the one addiction that is absolutely celebrated i've been in new yeah, yeah. because i was top in the country for my english literature gcse like i've i've done quite well from my relationship with work being um frenetic at, at you know at the best um and completely insane and compulsive in other ways and just the you know seeing times of just the stress that I would put on myself and you you know what it's like to run your own business you know there is no off switch well you have to there, there is always more to do and that that guilt can be overwhelmed I found really overwhelming that sense of guilt of like I should be doing more I'm not doing enough and then the comparison all of that stuff but I, I was what I, the real reason I got into it was like, God, this is actually really affecting my relationship. Like my fiance works in the film industry. He does locations for big, big films. He works insane hours and it is very physically demanding. And I have a business where I get to sit in my little home, like all warm and comfy. I completely get to do as, you know, choose everything I do. Don't have a boss telling me anything, but the tyrannical, the tyrannical boss in my head is so, can be so insane that, you know, he'd get home from work and it was just, you know, I'd be in launch and I was just completely like, Ugh! and and I just kind of realized, you know what, I can't give in the way we've talked a lot about giving to a partner. I can't give in the way that he deserves or that even I deserve because I can't even give to myself. And and I, I thought that this was something to be celebrated. I didn't realize it was a problem. I thought this was a good thing. I thought this was me being really productive. And um, 
and I think that this is, I mean, this is really a whole pod, other podcast episode, but it's something that I'm seeing, you know, as I said earlier, like I work with a lot of women who are super successful politicians, like Hollywood actors, everything like that. And they have a very strong work ethic. And actually, sometimes it's the, the, the super laser focus in work can be the thing that can actually be detrimental to their love life, because it means that they're not able to get into their feminine in so much. And I think that, you know, in honesty, like I, I've, in many ways, been had more of a masculine energy if I had to say over over the years like I've used that in in many ways um and I think I saw being in in feminine as being weak and vulnerable and so that just didn't serve me and I think a lot of women feel the same um and and that's why you know in order to get our agenda met instead of just telling the truth which is something that you've talked about quite a few times on here and owning our shit or owning what we're struggling with it's like much easier to to manipulate to maneuver to go undercover in the way that women have had to do because we've not had control over or power for very long so our only means of power was to be submersive subversive um total tangent here i don't even know what, what how i got off on this one but it's uh yeah it's just interesting seeing the relationship between work and romance and i'm interested mm. if you've got any other thoughts or experience around that I, th- I think they're both actually very very similar you know there's lots of analogies between you know how to attract clients how to attract um, your ideal partner and again it comes from that space of giving and, and making sure you're giving beyond yourself um, and I think if you can just practice that what I used to do with my clients especially um, if they were having troubles with their relationships is just the the, the commitment of a 90-day period of giving to to someone else or you know if you have a partner great but you know like just just practice that and I think at every stage you'll you'll get new access to new skills and you know, new possibilities and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I well, don't, I don't about... mean to be rude. I've got another oh, interview. Oh, yeah, we, we have gone. Um, Sorry, we've have run be, over. I have to be careful sometimes. Like, like this can go on for hours. <laughs> you're giving too much, Ed. That's, <laughs> you're giving too much. No, I know. I And I just realised, oh, my God, it's 52 minutes. How has that happened? I could talk to you all day. You've got such soothing No, it's great. Points. Thank it's you so much for here. your time. And, and can I just ask, where can people find you? Um, if you ever wanted, uh, if you're a coach, consultant, author, and you wanted more information about that, I think the best step would be coachingbusinesssecrets.com. It's a great, it's a great read. Um, so I put all my um, expertise into that book and it's, it's beautiful. Well, I look forward yeah. to reading that myself. <laughs> Thank you so okay. much. I hope you have a wonderful day. And um, yeah, I know that the women listening will have got so much from this episode as I Good have. Good luck. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. 
And if you want to learn how to court consciously during COVID and call in the healthy, happy relationship you desire and deserve, don't forget to download my free audio training called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate over at getyoursoulmate.com forward slash free training. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.